Welcome to Beside the Burn for Monday the 8th of February 2021. Over the past four weeks we have been looking together at this whole idea of lamenting to God. We've been coming to God day by day with our pain and our suffering, with our uh, concerns and we have been crying out to God in lament. And this week we are looking at where lament leads us to. And lament should always lead us to trust in God. And what we've been uh, discovering is that in our Psalms as we've been reading them and as we've been looking together at what God is saying to us, we've been discovering that each time that we lament and we call out to God, then We trust in him. Now, it may not have dealt with all the problems. We may not have solutions to everything that's concerning us. Our pain and our suffering may still be there. But we have discovered that we can trust God despite what's going on around us. In Psalm 13 that we were looking at together on Sunday, there are The psalm ends with three statements of trust in the last couple of verses. And we're going to look uh, today and over the next few days at those three statements of trust and find out what we can say to God. So today we're um, looking at verse five and we're looking at that first statement of trust. I have trusted in your unfailing love. I trust in your unfailing love. And as we said, this section of the psalm begins with this important word, but. So the psalmist has been saying how um, things have been going wrong and things have not been to his pleasing, but he is still going to trust in the unfailing love of God. We're going to look at these verses again and look at the other statements of trust. And you see, God here has a has a history with his people. He's trustworthy. And therefore, we trust God because he, we know that God has been trustworthy in the past. That's the nature of the relationship. And uh, the psalmist is taking a look at history and how God has been faithful in the past. The psalmist clings to trust in God's unfailing love, basically on the basis of what God has done in the past and the confidence that made it possible to pray in the first place. So the psalmist knows that God has loved him and that love is unshakable and therefore he's able to trust in him. In the same way that it takes faith to turn to God in prayer while we're in pain, it takes faith to trust in God's unfailing love when circumstances are hard. Many will face hard circumstances and then just turn away from God. But here the psalmist is encouraging us to turn to God and trust in him because his love has never failed us in the past and it will not fail us in the future. This statement of trust anticipates a a praise that hasn't quite arrived yet. David connects his painful experience to what he knows to be true regarding this covenant that God has entered into with his people, a covenant that's motivated by love. And every Christian has a record of God's steadfast love. And therefore, we should remind ourselves 
about God's worthiness to be trusted. To be a Christian means trusting in what God says and who he is. And we that's how you, we come to faith in the first place, by realising that God is trustworthy and by trusting in him. We know also that the Bible is true, that we can rely upon it as well. And uh, we believe that forgiveness is possible uh, by trusting in Jesus and accepting his forgiveness that he freely offers us. And trusting in God's grace welcomes us into God's family. But that really is only the beginning of our relationship with God. We don't then leave trusting God behind. We actually keep trusting and we learn to trust more and more in the future. As we follow Jesus and we walk with him, it's continually trusting step by step. And therefore, whenever we go through periods of suffering and periods of pain, or we see injustice, we don't give up on God at that point. We trust in him more because we know that he is the only one who's able to get us through this. And so therefore, we trust him to lead us and to bring us hope. And these seasons of suffering are are difficult and they, they may be quite intense at times. But trusting in God is still how we get through. Whenever we're unsure about the future and we're trying to make decisions about the future, that's not the time to turn away from God. That's the time to trust him more, that he will lead us and that the outcome will be what he wants. And so therefore, we trust in him and we trust in his love for us. And while there are no easy answers to all of this, we realise that we can say to God today, whatever we're facing, I trust in your unfailing love because the circumstances that I'm facing today are not outside of your love. And therefore, I know that you can be trusted. So we need to remind ourselves of these things and maybe today you don't feel terribly loved. Maybe today you think that you've been abandoned by God. This is the time to to take these verses and to read them over and to meditate upon them and to state them time and time again. Lord, despite what's going on, but I trust in your unfailing love. I trust in you. Because you are the one who is trustworthy more than anything else. So therefore, uh, we're able to, to say, as Paul said in Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's what unfailing love is like. That somebody would give up their life so that we might have life. And that's what trusting in this unfailing love is all about. Trusting in Jesus and what Jesus has done on the cross. And so as we lament, once again, we end up at the cross. And it's important that we do go towards the cross and lament. If we deviate and end up anywhere else, then it's been a pointless exercise. 
But lament should lead us to Jesus and should lead us to the cross and should lead us to forgiveness in him. And then we realise that he can be trusted. So let's bow before God in prayer together. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for Jesus. And we thank you that we can trust in you because of Jesus. Because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And therefore, Lord, in the midst of crying out to you, we trust in your unfailing love. That love that has been demonstrated so clearly at the cross. We thank you that Jesus went and suffered and died in our place so that our sins could be forgiven. And therefore today, Lord, we trust in you for forgiveness. We trust in you for new life and we trust in you for eternity. Amen. Welcome to Beside the Burn for Tuesday the 9th of February 2021. And today, once again, we're continuing in lament and we're trusting in God as this final step in lament that as we have turned to God and cried out to him and asked boldly, now we come to this position of trust. And today we're going to find out and we're going to say with the psalmist, my heart rejoices in your salvation. And once again, we're turning to the cross, we're thinking about salvation, about redemption, about how God brings those things into our lives and what God does through them. And we're going to look once again at verses 5 and 6 at the end of Psalm 13, remembering again that everything centres around this word but. Things are not how the psalmist wants them to be, but he's going to trust in God's unfailing love. And then the second statement of trust, my heart rejoices in your salvation. And again, looking towards the cross. And so the second statement of trust brings us to the cross. Time and time again, God rescues his people. He has done it throughout history and he does it again in our lives. God rescues us. Suffering doesn't mean that God's forgotten us or rejected us. Rather, all of God's plan sweeps across history towards salvation. And sometimes we can't fully see that plan. We don't know how all the different bits fit into place, but they are all leading us to salvation. If you Listen to our service on Sunday. Uh, we sang God moves in a mysterious way. And one of the verses of that hymn states, Blind unbelief is sure to err and scan his work in vain. God is his own interpreter and he will make it plain. You see, choosing to trust through lament requires that we rejoice without knowing how everything fits into place. We simply trust God to be his own interpreter, trusting that his plan of salvation is being worked out even though we can't see it and even though we don't know where it is leading us. On this side of the cross, we've got a real advantage that we need to embrace. We know that 
Jesus has the victory. We know that Jesus is able to forgive sins. And so when Jesus cries out that ultimate honest cry of lament in Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It leads us to the great moment of redemption. The darkness of the sixth hour leads us to the dawn of the empty tomb. And Jesus' life of lament leads to salvation and leads to eternal life. We know the full story of salvation. In Romans 8, the Apostle Paul applies this to hardship by uh, wrapping suffering in the promises of God's redemptive plan. And he lists the trials that Christians face. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ, Paul writes in Romans 8. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And then he quotes the complaint, the honest cry from Psalm 44. Yet for your sake we are killed all day long. We're regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. There's that honest cry. Lord, can these things separate us from you? But look, it's it's as though we're being slaughtered here. But Paul comes round to realise that it is vital that he trusts in God and finds salvation in God. On either side of the trials and lament stand sweeping promises connected to God's eternal plan. In other words, promises don't end the pain, but they do give it purpose. And Paul says in in Romans 8, 28, We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. That's why we're able to trust God. And then in verse 31 of Romans 8, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? No, in all these things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul rejoices in salvation. The psalmist says his heart rejoices in your salvation. Paul takes the reality of suffering and the pain of lament and combines them to highlight the glory and the promise of God's love. And that's what it means to choose to trust in God. Lament calls us to to point our hearts Godward by rejoicing in God's grace. And so that's how we come through lament. That we honestly cry out, we bring our problems to God, but we rejoice in salvation. And to know Jesus Christ in our own hearts, to know his salvation and his help and his purpose is to give us purpose in life. So let's bow before him in prayer. Lord God, we thank you once again for salvation. So often, Lord, we take it for granted because we have known it for so long in our lives and yet without your salvation, we cannot survive. Lord, help us day by day to cope with the problems that we face 
and the suffering that we go through by realising what you have achieved for us through your suffering and how you offer us salvation. And therefore, Lord, our hearts will rejoice in all that you have done and we praise you and glorify you today. So, Lord, we thank you once again for salvation. We thank you for forgiveness of sins. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us day by day to trust you more. Amen. Welcome to Beside the Burn for Wednesday, the 10th of February. We come to the final statement of trust in Psalm 13 today. We've worked our way right through the Psalm of Lament. We've cried out to God. And as we now trust in him, our final statement is, I will sing to the Lord. And so here we have this final statement of trust. I will sing to the Lord for he has been good to me. And what we noticed in this short psalm, there's only six verses, but we've moved from crying out to God, complaining against him, to now at the very end we've turned to worship and we are praising God. And that is where lament should lead us. That we come honestly before God and we tell him our concerns and what we think is wrong. But it should lead us to worship God and to trust in him more. David here makes the choice to praise God. And he praises God for his grace in how God has treated him and dealt with him. And how he praises God for God's mercy towards him. And this is a, a faith-filled worship that we come to here. It's very similar to the book of Job in a way. Job's innocent suffering and his unhelpful friends led him to a series of complaints. And God answered Job out of the whirlwind towards the end of the book with a series of questions designed to show him God's majesty and power. And Job was left nearly speechless. Here are Job's own words in, in Job 42 and verse 2. I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. The entire book of Job is designed not only to highlight innocent suffering, but also to demonstrate that human questions and complaints eventually end in worshipping God. And here, Job is able to say that he'd heard about God, but now in the midst of his own suffering, he has seen God. And that's what we need to look for in lament. That we would see God. That this isn't just a way out. It's a way through. That God would be with us and that he would reveal himself to us. Other Psalms of Lament connect our trust in God through singing and, and, and worship as well. For example, Psalm 28 and verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts, and I am helped. My heart exalts, and with my song I give thanks to him. 
So there's been the lament and now there's the singing of praise. Happens again in Psalm 56. You have kept count of my tossings, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know that God is for me. In God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Throughout the Psalms of Lament, there's this consistent destination of trust. Through all the pain, the questions, the unfair treatment at the hands of others, the injustice, lament leads us to a place of worship. And that is vitally important that we understand that that is our destination, that that is where we want to get to. Maybe you think your current circumstances, there's no way that you can get to worship. There's no way you can bring yourself to praising God. Well then take a psalm of lament and read it for yourself. And allow the psalmist's words to be your words that through the complaints and through the asking you are led to trusting in God. Today we've come to the end of Psalm 13 uh, but tomorrow we're going to, and Friday we're going to look at another couple of psalms and also I'm going to give you a list of all the psalms of lament uh, so that you can have a look at them yourself and read some of them if you would find that helpful. Sometimes whenever we do lament, it might even be helpful just to sing a song to God, a song of praise to help our hearts turn to him and trust in him. Or maybe even sing one of the Psalms. Uh, on Throughout this whole um, study, we've been looking at some of the different versions of the Psalms and, and how we can sing them and how we can praise God. So let's come before God now in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done for us. We thank you, Lord, that you have been good to us and we can look at our lives and we can see how you have blessed us and how you have been good in the past. And therefore, Lord, we're able to praise you today and sing of you. Lord, we come singing of your greatness, your majesty, your grace, your mercy. We come singing of your love and your understanding and your care and your guidance. We come singing of your redemption and your salvation, of your mercy shown to us. And therefore, Lord, we will praise you. And we do all this through our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Welcome to Beside the Burn for Thursday the 11th of February. We've finished our studies in Psalm 13, but the word but is going to help us today as we study. You've noticed before that I've said that in the Psalms of Lament, sometimes there's this transition word where there have been all the complaints and all the problems and then the psalmist changes his thinking and trusts in God and it usually centres around the word but, sometimes the word yet, sometimes the word however, something similar to that. So all the bad things have gone before but I'm still going to trust in you Lord but I'm going to worship you. 
So that's what we're going to think about today and tomorrow. We're going to look at a couple of Psalms where we find the word but. And today it's Psalm 31. And we're just going to take uh, three verses from the psalm and we're going to find out uh, how this transition takes place where the psalmist comes to trust in God. And you can see it there in, in verse 14. But. So we're going to read these first couple of verses and then we're going to see that despite what has happened in those first couple of verses, the psalmist is going to trust in the Lord. And he's going to have a personal word of testimony and say, you are my God. So how does the psalm begin? Well, you can read all of the psalm if you want to, but we're just going to look at verse 12 and 13. I am forgotten by them as though I were dead. I have become like broken pottery. So this is not a good position for the psalmist to be in. He feels as though his life is falling apart. He's been destroyed by others. He's even been forgotten about. For I hear the slander of many. There is terror on every side. They conspire against me and plot to take my life. This is not good. The psalmist here is in fear. There's terror. People are conspiring. They're going to take his life. There's slander. So all of these things are not conducive to a good, happy life. They're not really things that help us trust in God. In fact, many would use them as excuses to turn away from God. But, and there is that word of transition, but, verse 14, I trust in you, Lord, and I say you are my God. And it's good to list the problems, as it were. It's good to lay them out and see where we are. But it's important that we then take that next step and we trust in God, that we realise that our trust in God is not dependent on what's happening in our lives, but our trust in God is dependent on what happens with God and what Jesus has done for us. Let's take one more example today. Uh, Psalm 71. And again, we're just going to take a few verses. And again, verse 14, it begins with the transition. But. And we'll find out that but, despite what has gone before, the psalmist has hope. And he is going to praise God. And he's going to praise God, not reluctantly, and not just a little bit to see him through, but he's going to praise God more and more than he has done in the past. So what's happening? For my enemies speak against me. Those who wait to kill me conspire together. They say God has forsaken him. Pursue him, seize him, for no one will rescue him. What a position to be in. Maybe you've been in a similar situation where people are speaking against you. You know that there are lies being passed around. You know that people aren't believing you and they're believing what others are saying. might not be as serious as waiting to kill, but it can feel like it at times. 
You know that people are laughing at your faith because it doesn't seem to be doing you any good. God's forsaken him. Pursue him. Seize him. No one will rescue him. And then the psalm turns around. But, despite the people talking against him, despite the fact that people think God has forgotten, but, as for me, I will always have hope. Nobody can take this hope away from the psalmist. I will praise you more and more. He, All that is happening is resolving that the psalmist is going to trust in God more and more and more. And that would be wonderful if that were the outcome of our prayers of lament. That we would trust more and more because we've been honest with God. We've laid before him every concern that we've had. And God has revealed himself as being greater than all those problems. Don't know if you remember back to December, but uh, we worked our way through the book of Hebrews in our Beside the Burn studies. And what we thought about each time was that although Christmas was different this year and although there were many problems and many difficult situations, Jesus is better. And that's what we find in lament. No matter what accusation we bring to God, no matter what problem we're facing, Jesus is better. No matter if we're at the point of death through suffering and pain, Jesus is still better and can be trusted no matter what. So let that be our mantra, as it were, this year. Jesus is better. And remember that no matter what we hear in the news, no matter what comes our way in our own lives, Jesus is better. And we can trust in God because of him. So let's bow together in prayer. Lord God, we thank you that despite what goes on around us, we can trust in you. We thank you, Lord, that we have hope because of you. We thank you that we can learn to praise you more and more because of what you have done. Therefore, Lord, help us this day to trust you more, to follow you, to glorify your name. Help us, Lord, to bring all of our concerns before you. And we know that you are better. And you are greater than anything we can throw at you. And so, Lord, help us to trust today and tomorrow and in the days ahead. Amen. Welcome to Beside the Burn for Friday the 12th of February. Today's the last day that we're going to be thinking about lament together in the Psalms. And what we're going to do today is... Look at another psalm where the word but appears and we see this transition towards trusting in God. And then I'm going to finish by just giving you um, a list of the various psalms of lament and the various categories that they fall into. Now, I'll put the list on the blog uh, because you'll not be able to take it down from the video, but I'll put the list on the blog so you can have a look at it, and then you can turn to some of the Psalms and see how different they actually are. But first of all, let's look together at another Psalm where we find this transition, and it's Psalm 86. And hopefully, like yesterday, your eye can uh, scan down through the verse, and you can see in verse 15 this word, but... And we know that that's the transition. What goes before it 
is the problem and what comes after it is the trust in God and reliance on God. The arrogant are attacking me, the psalmist says. O God, a band of ruthless men seeks my life, men without regard for you. So here we are. The psalmist is under attack. And the people who are attacking him, they're not just doing this gently. This is serious attack. They're arrogant. They're ruthless. They have no regard for God whatsoever. And they are against the psalmist. And then we have the transition. But despite all of this happening, despite these ruthless, arrogant people seeking my life, O Lord, you are a compassionate and gracious God. So despite all this attack, despite all that's being done, God is compassionate and gracious. He's slow to anger, he's abounding in love, and he is faithful. And therefore, trust is brought by the psalmist and placed in God. So whenever you're looking at these psalms of lament, look for this word but, or yet, or however, or some other word of transition near the end of the psalm that will help you see where God, the Holy Spirit, intervenes in the psalmist's mind and and changes everything around. And that's what we're looking for as we lament before God and we ask him to guide us and help us. So we're going to pray now together and then I'm going to uh, give you these lists of, of psalms before we finish. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for lament. We thank you that it is here to help us deal with the difficulties of life and to find faith in you and to trust in you. Lord, help us every time we cry out to you to know that you are with us. Lord, may we be ready to listen to your Holy Spirit so that no matter what happens in our lives, we turn to trust in you. And help us, Lord, and be with us each and every day. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, there are several different categories of Psalms. And as I said, I'll put these onto uh, the blog because you can't possibly copy down all of these numbers. But the different categories of Psalms of Lament. First of all, we have personal Psalms. In other words, um, an individual it is vocalising pain, grief, fear or, or some other emotion. So it's personal to the person who is speaking. They are experiencing the pain or the grief or the fear or whatever it happens to be. And because of that, they're crying out to God. Because of their pain or whatever that emotion is, they turn to God. They've honestly cried out to him. They've asked him boldly. And then they're finding trust in him. And here are just uh, here are the personal psalms of lament, all of them listed, uh, and you can see that there's quite a number of them. And we can take nearly any one of those psalms and read it as our own whenever we're going through problems, and it will help us turn and trust in God. The second um, type of lament psalm is corporate. And this time it's not an individual, but it's it's a group of people or indeed the whole nation 
that is experiencing the pain or the grief or the fear or whatever uh, the strong emotion happens to be. That the whole people come together and use the psalm as a body to, to speak to God and to renew faith in God. And again, here is a list of those particular psalms. And you can still use them as a, as a personal lament, even though they were originally corporate laments. That, that's not a problem. You can do that. Then our next category is the repentant psalm of lament. Not so many of them listed here, but they're there. And here we've got an individual or we've got a group of people and they are showing regret for sin. They're showing sorrow for the sin that they've committed. Perhaps Psalm 51 is the best known one that we could go to. It's David whenever Nathan has pointed out his sin with Bathsheba and Uriah and David repents of his sin in lament and whenever we have sinned against God we can take these psalms and we can use them as a way of turning to God and repenting. Now here's a word I'm struggling to pronounce it imprecatory sin psalms of lament and uh, it comes from the, the word imprecate and to, to imprecate means to uh, call down a curse on someone or uh, invoke that, that, that something evil would happen to a particular person. Now, these psalms are difficult. They're not easy psalms to read. They're not easy psalms to use as our own, but they're in the Bible and therefore they're there for us. And what happens in these ones is that, uh, again, an individual or a group expresses outrage at something that's happened and they want to see justice. And quite often that justice requires or involves them asking God to destroy or to do terrible things to those who have caused the injustice. So these are difficult psalms to understand. They're difficult psalms to use, but they're in the Bible and they are well worth having a look at. Then we've got partial psalms of lament where there are just um, three of them listed here and it's a section within a psalm that is lament, but the whole psalm itself is not a lament. So you've got a few verses in Psalm 9, a few in Psalm 27 and a few in Psalm 40. And then we've got the debatable ones. There are some that could be lament, might not be lament. There's no clear reasoning one way or the other. It's hard to see all the steps in them. But at times you get the impression that they're lament. And at other times you're not so sure. There's quite a number of them there. But either in part or in total, you'll find some elements of lament within them. And you can have a look at them. So I hope and pray that um, all those lists of psalms will enable you to go and find them and to read them. And perhaps there's one that just fits your particular circumstances at this precise moment. And will lead you to trust in God through this difficult time. Uh, But do take time to read those psalms. Do take time uh, to lament uh, and do take time to uh, use this pattern in your own words. And remember that uh, as we lament, 
we come to God, so we, we turn to God. Then we honestly cry out to God. Then we ask him boldly what we want him to do. And then we trust in him. And those four steps seem simple, but they will lead us through pain towards a God that we can rely upon. So do take the Psalms, do read them for yourself, do pray your own Psalms of Lament and find your trust and your hope in God.